It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits are not afraid. I have a machine, listen to yourself, the world, but it don't need something to your own head. Speed it up and I've seen that no seats. The ladder from the platter with the fear fight down. Like fire in a fire, with the system of the gang, the government for hiring the combat site. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, but you're getting down your neck. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the hour of doom. Yes, for some people it is. And bloom! And that's true. For others. We'll talk about that in a minute. Hey, friends and neighbors, welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour. A second of sanity in a seditious world. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm Joe Alden, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find 900 post videos and podcasts on medical preparedness for any disaster. And I'm Amy Alton, here trying to adjust our lights so we can see a little better. <laughs> I am a nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife. And the hostess with the mostess, our mission, to put a medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. We are the gang of two. We are the dynamic duo, the perfect <laughs> pair, the courageous couple, and we're here to help you keep it together even when everything else falls apart. Friends and neighbors, have you been injured in an accident with a gargantuan gopher? Wow. Our attorney says, don't call me, call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. And listen to this. All information given and opinions of opinions of voice. Opinions. Opinions of voice. <laughs> yes. I'll get that straight. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it might be. Aha, uh-huh. but in times of trouble, it might not be a bad idea to learn what to do for injuries and illness. That is just being Smart. You got you a brain. I do. You do. (laughs) Smarter still would be to get some supplies, don't you think? Maybe even from the beautiful Nurse Amy's entire line of often imitated, never equaled medical kits and supplies at store.doomandbloom.net. Also at altonfirstaid.com. That's right. That's a shameless plug. We hope not to give too many more during the show. Hey, what's the news, Baby Blues? You know, we learn as much from you, probably more, than you do from us. So connect with us. It's so easy. Oh, my gosh, it's so easy. Here's the lovely Nurse Amy to tell you how. Hello. You can contact us 
by email at drbonespodcast at aol.com. Find us on Facebook at our group Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. We have a couple of pages, Doom and Bloom and Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy Show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show. And don't forget our YouTube channel, DR Bones, Nurse Amy, and our other podcast about current events, American Survival Radio. That's right. And where is it now broadcast from? From KPJC, Relevant News Talk Radio in Salem, Oregon, and also the voice of Lubbock, Texas, KRFE 580 AM. Hey, you know, the big news for us has been the wildfires that sprung up in our part-time hometown, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. You know, we've owned a home there for 20 years, been visiting there since the 80s, and the views from the property of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park make it one of the most beautiful places on earth, in my humble opinion. And certainly our favorite place to be in the fall. Beautiful, beautiful leaves. And of course, you know, the spring is also beautiful. Lots of flowers. In the summer, you have the rhododendrons flowering all over the mountain. Wow, you know what? I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of a time of year that it's really not pretty. I mean, even in the winter with the snow there, it really is pretty darn amazing. Just one of the most beautiful places. Well, you know what? Several days ago, a fire was set accidentally or on purpose by a human on the popular Chimney Tops Trail. I'm sure a lot of you have, who have visited the park have actually taken that trail. I have many times. And you know what? The entire area lit up like a match. Since Gatlinburg has been in a drought, or the whole area has been in a drought, drought. For really yeah. for quite a while. Yeah, it's horrible. So all those dead leaves that you see in the fall and the tons of old wood on the ground, well, you know what? That made the place a blazing inferno. It has been pretty darn terrible. You know, it's been such a busy year for firefighters just in general. There have been heat waves, drought, human malice, carelessness have caused so many large fires from Canada to California. Now, most of it's been in the West Coast. Right. But the difference is that we haven't seen a wildfire like this, according to some people, in 100 years in the Southeast, Well, certain, and certainly as long as I can remember. Absolutely. You know, I heard today that Hearst Castle was possibly in jeopardy. I'm not sure about the update on that. In California? California? Oh, yeah, my gosh. I've been there. That is amazing. The amount of wood on that structure is pretty amazing. So I certainly if, hope that they can protect it. I'm sure they'll set down backfires and things like that. To, it's one of those amazing things that you just can't believe it exists. It's this huge, huge, sprawled out room after room after right. room. Of it was high tech for 19, ab- the 1920s. And absolutely each room, I mean, if you had to refurnish it, well, you can't because a lot of it's priceless. He had things brought from churches, old doors and old uh-huh. ceilings and just old houses and just things that are part of history. Yes. So it's just really scary. It absolutely is. And you know what? We've been talking for years on how, well, you know, this week you might not be affected by a disaster today, tomorrow, or maybe in the following month. But, you know, over a lifetime the truth is the chances are not quite as small. If you add in your children's lifetimes, your their children's, while the odds are much greater still. Well, let me ask you a question. Where do you have to live to not have some sort of disaster? I mean, there can be snowstorms, 
blizzards, hailstorms, there can be tornadoes, flooding, hurricanes, hurricanes, earthquakes. earthquakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, just there's just so many different types of of disasters that can occur. I don't think you're safe anywhere, really. Well, well I'll tell you, there's in, no corridor where you don't get snow or rain or earthquakes or there's no place. You're, it's truly you're safe. Absolutely right. I I can tell you that I personally have been through hurricanes. I've been through tornadoes. One that hit my, actually hit my house. One of those bouncy ones that didn't hit houses on either side Our, and they hit my I've house. I've been through hurricanes and I was through a tornado when I was young. I've been through civil unrest all the, going all the way back to Vietnam, uh, war protests and stuff like that. Well, the only civil unrest I saw was uh, when we were out of the country. We saw a uh, communist rally. Communist rallies in, that in was, Italy. That I was remember. some civil yeah. unrest there. That was pretty crazy. And uh, you know what? And the Marielle boat lift was another thing that I also experience and in, in all of this I was pretty much unscathed except losing some roof tiles and, and having a tree fall during that tornado and you know what a conversion to positive for tuberculosis when I was in the emergency room in the with, early 80s that's right yep. with the Marielle I, boat lift we had to get tested we had um, I, I started nursing school in 83 but when you started nursing school, you had to have a TB test every single year. And when I was practicing in the hospital, they required that you have a TB test every single year. And it was just, you know, one of those things. You get exposed. Now, they required it for me when I entered medical school. But in 1980, when the Mario Boatlift came around, I was a young intern and resident and, sure enough, took care of hundreds of of the folks that came over, they a lot of them were so sick, oh, yeah. and we didn't have the infectious disease protocols that we have now. And sure enough, I converted to positive for tuberculosis. Even developed a little lump in my lung, which uh, is called a granuloma, which is where the infection was walled off by my immune system. Thank goodness I had a, a good immune system. Yes. And uh, thanks, Fidel. You uh. know, <laughs> finally, you know, I get. Uh, he, he got his comeuppance. Believe me, there's a lot of people that are going to dance on that man's grave. Oh, and by the way, you and I were stranded in Europe due to a volcanic oh, yes, eruption. Oh, volcano so we have affected even, us. Right, so we've even We couldn't been, even leave. Right, affected by a volcano. Stranded us for two weeks in Europe. We had to travel all over the continent Just to, try to, figure to out find where a to flight leave. that would actually go to the <laughs> to Western Hemisphere. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. And now... Talking about chaos. Uh, and now, wildfire. You know, we love hiking in the backcountry. And maybe we can't say we've walked the entire length of the Appalachian Trail, but we can say we've walked the entire width, right? <laughs> I guess all three feet of it, the width. Well, you know, with, pot, with all these fires that were spreading through... Gatlinburg, such a popular resort town, and dry conditions and windy conditions. They had hurricane force winds. I don't know what that was all about. It was all the worst possible elements it was one of those that could come storms. together. Yes. You know, I, I hate to even call it that a perfect storm. A perfect storm seems like it might be something great, but this was <laughs> this was the worst elements coming together. The fire, the wind, the lack of rain with the extreme drought. It being fall, there were all the leaves being on the ground. The leaves had fallen mostly off of the trees. There was a blanket, a carpet 
of dried crispy leaves. Oh, yeah. Even now, with the rain, they've said that that rain a couple days ago was not enough to even penetrate that carpet Down to the ground. of yeah. dry leaves and even get to the soil. Right. Some fires even rekindled. It's true. Uh, well, guess what? We own a house on Ski Mountain right by the border with the National Park, and a hundred homes yes. burnt to the foundation on Ski Mountain during this fire. And now, even worse, 13 people so far have are known to have died. And you know what? Until just a couple hours ago, we didn't know the fate of the home in which we've accumulated those 20 years of memories. And the likelihood, we thought, is that it no longer existed. I mean, we saw so many photos of the mountain, so many photos of the burnt homes. For us, we were just pretty sure that it was gone. But you want to know something? Amazingly, our home still exists. I'm Apparently, still shocked. I guess the wind direction or the the fact I that... I don't know what saved that the, section of the mountain, but the, but the houses below us and the houses above us on that little ridge that we have tucked in, right? If anyone has been to the Smoky Mountain National Park, you come out and there's uh, numbers of traffic lights. Right. And so you go straight up, it's traffic light... Is it's number one, one. for coming Ours out. Ours is the yeah. last traffic light before the park. Right, or the first one when you come oh, out. Right, and you make a left and you go up the mountain and you know just tucked in a little section on the left side, all the way on the left. Apparently, the houses by the tram. If anyone's right. seen the large tram that goes up tram, to the little ski, I'm area not talking about there. the little ski lift. That's right. not what I'm talking about, folks. I'm talking about the big tram. With the huge cables, goes right by our house. Apparently, that section somehow, mysteriously, didn't get affected. But one ridge over, that entire section is wiped out. Hundreds of homes just burned to the ground, one after another after another. So while we were blessed, you know, many more permanent, even permanent residents, and that really is the issue. We mm -hmm. ha we live there part of the year. But many permanent Families. residents have been destroyed. Exactly. I mean, the, the people have died. Uh, some people are homeless. Uh, many people are homeless, excuse me, yeah. uh, including the uh, owner of our rental company, yes. Ski Mountain Chalets. Well, I just want to mention something about that. I mean, that's just heartbreaking. But not only did the owner of our rental company lose his home, but the picture all over the Internet, on every news channel, on every news website, you will see a picture of four commercial-sized washer or dryers or a desk. Right. That is our rental company's Company office. office. Yes. That is their desk. We were just standing in front of that desk on November 12th when we checked out of our own house just a few, couple weeks ago. And those washer and dryers is where our sheets were washed. In those washer and dryers. That is Ski Mountain Chalet Rental Company, and that has burned down to the ground. And, of course, <sighs> these businesses that employ people in Gatlinburg, being incinerated, many of them, obviously there's going to not only loss of life, there's loss of property and loss of jobs really are going to affect the economy, even though some attractions like the large aquarium they have there, thank goodness, was not effective, affected and the animals survived. Well, I will say that the main parkway, according to the reports from folks that were allowed in today, is pretty much unaffected. Now, the problem is if there's no place for visitors to stay, and I, I, wouldn't, I shouldn't say no place, but if there's... Less places. A, a lot less, a, a, a fraction, a small fraction of homes 
left to house visitors, less people are going to be able to come, even if they want to come visit, and that's going to reduce business for the businesses that are still open and fine on the parkway. If you don't have a volume of people to go into these shops, to spend money, and to keep them in business, they're going to have to fire people and lay them off. They they're, may have to close, and it has nothing to do with a fire. It's the domino effect right. of less visitors, uh, not because people don't want to go there, because they have no place to Just, stay. Right. So And, and so what that's going to do is it's going to move people out further away from Gatlinburg. They're going to go more towards the Pigeon Forge area and less towards Gatlinburg because, right. you know, if they're not staying there, they might not always drive over to Gatlinburg, right, even At, though it's but Pigeon the coolest Ford, little place. Pigeon Forge itself wasn't unaffected. There were areas where Up 70 cabins sides, burned yes. and a number of other places. Yes, but again, their main attractions are fine right, down not, the main road. Right, the main parkway is... The fun un- stuff that people yes. can do. It's just the... The home's in the place to stay. So there's obviously more lodging that's going to be available in Pigeon Forge. So my my fear is that, you know, even though these places aren't affected on the main parkway of Gatlinburg, that their, their businesses are just not going to be able to survive because of lack of people being able to stay there until these houses somehow get rebuilt. And, of course, they need to start with the homes. They need to rebuild people's homes first. The rental... And, and I'm telling you, if my house was burned down, I was going to contact a construction company, but I was going to tell them, frankly, put me on the bottom of the list until you finish people's homes that Permanent they have to bring homes, their right. children home to, that they eat dinner at a table there, right. that, that you finish those. And when you get to rentals, please, I want to I be on that list. But we need to build the homes back first. And, these, and everyone out there, if you have a rental house... Just look. Be patient. But have a heart for those folks that need to sleep in a bed. If, if everyone just steps back and lets the homes get built first, your rental house will come back. But it's not the place that you put your head at night, and it's not where you sit at a dinner table and have conversation with your husband or your wife or your children. So Year round, yes. we all need to put those people first for everything that's going on now. All right, and you can help by. Sending a donation, any amount will do to the American Red Cross. They have been awesome. And and write down on your check a severe county fire relief efforts, and it probably it, I'll tell you they they do a good job. Ninety two percent of the funds that go to the American Red Cross go to actually helping people, and this is something that I think is very important. Well, now, and I also want to mention something: the the local folks in those areas that are unaffected or even if they are affected, because I know the Gatlinburg mayor and the city manager both lost their homes. Those people have been tirelessly out there trying to help others to find out if people are injured, you know, plan the the emergency medical and the firefighters and the police and, and try to figure out when people could come in. There's, it's just been well, these nonstop have, for them. And they lost their homes. And they've done they've an been selfless. incredible job. Uh, you know, can't say more for the officials in Gatlinburg. Don't often say that for politicians, but these guys really have done an awesome job. Of course, the paramedics and the firefighters, 
always those are the heroes have, they always they are. rescued people they got people out of burning homes exactly and uh, on top of that the people of the area the people of east tennessee are giving people so generous awesome people as a matter of fact the mayor of gatlinburg had to say please don't pause bring physical just pause. items just pause for a, a moment because we are all the way up to the ceiling Ceilings in donations in, in of items blankets and and in several structures they're up to the ceilings. So people are pouring out their hearts. They're clearing out their houses of whatever they can find that they think people might need. And they're bringing them to physical locations. I, I, I've heard people are even shopping to go buy things for, for those that have lost everything or, or lost something. Or the stranded renters that they're, maybe their car burned up and they were, they were rescued by someone else and, and they have no way to even leave. So there's a lot of reasons why people need help. But for now, I think the Red Cross and a monetary donation um, is going to be the best because they're trying to help people with daily needs, toothbrushes, toothpaste. They even brought in um, a company that put up hot showers, portable hot showers, so these people could just take a shower and clean themselves up. It's the little things in life that you don't realize because it's just always there for you. If you don't have it, you know, your teeth are disgusting for a few oh, days. Yeah. You start to realize, gee, I really I wish could, I had a toothbrush, toothbrush or yeah. a, a bar of soap. And they were asking they were asking for donations of towels. Right. That's one thing um, the Red, Cra- Red Cross had asked for physical donations. Uh, not There's drop-off. You have to be local. But they were asking for local people if they could bring some towels. Again, so these people could shower. But the response locally, it just... America is a big family, and I wrote this on Facebook. Um, you know, we all, you know, my religion, your color, your political, your political, persuasion. your how much money you make, how much money you don't make. You live in this city, you live out in the country, you live up on the mountain, you live in the valley. Um, your house is white, my house is pink. You know, there's always reasons why people can, you know, just fight. But when it comes down to something like this. The generosity of people across all of those things I just said is just heartwarming. It really is. Because all that just goes to the wayside. And all you care about is the health and well-being of other human beings that are suffering. And exactly. that's that's what really shows America's true spirit, I think. Well, so don't burn think... an American flag, people. Yeah, what's the matter with you guys? <laughs> We're awesome. Well, you know, putting our personal feelings, which you got a load of, uh, you got a heaping, helping yeah. teaspoon. I feel very strongly helping. about this. And yes. You know, it, it's been devastating. People have passed away. But, you know, people are, you know, this whole coming together thing. Well, you know what? We are coming together. And, again, whether you're Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. Well, Let's talk a little bit about what you can do in the face of such an irresistible force like a wildfire. I mean, how can you or can you protect your property and yourself from being devastated by fire? Well, let's talk about two very basic principles for property defense in against natural disasters, especially wildfires. And they are, one, for wildfires, vegetation management is key. And two, creating a def- what we call a defensible space. So... That, for property defense, 
that is the best. For personal defense, probably the main strategy is get out of Dodge. I'll talk about that in a minute, though. Absolutely. So, vegetation management. With vegetation management, the idea is to direct fires away from your house by manipulating the way vegetation is. There are a lot of ways to accomplish this, and all of this requires some regular maintenance and, you know, careful vigilance. Now, you want to clear up any dead wood and clean it up. Any leaf piles that lie within 30 feet of your building structure, that's fuel for the fire. you got to pay special attention to clearing off the roof and gutters of dead leaves, things like that. You just don't want to have a tinderbox, essentially, just waiting for to ignite your home. Now, although you might have spent time and money putting really pretty landscaping around your home, you have to take a look, see what is the risk that I have of being in the track of a wildfire Well, you might have to choose between attractive, flammable plants and fire protection. Now, with trees, you got to thin out those thick canopy trees that are near your house. Make sure that no two canopies ever touch each other, that any tree that's within 50 feet on flatland and 200 feet of downhill, I'll talk about that in a minute, from your retreat need to be thinned out so you're pruning branches off below, let's say, 10 to 12 feet and spreading and separating those branches by some distance, they say 10, 20 feet for large trees, if possible. Now, no tree should ever overhang your roof. It looks picturesque. It's beautiful. It would make a pretty painting. But you know what? Could mean the end of your house. And if you have shrubbery at the base of trees, a base of tree trunks, those have to go. Now, if you have a lawn or a garden, well, a garden is important. Your shows have have it be well hydrated. If it's a lawn, make sure you collect lawn cuttings and any other debris that could be used as fuel by the fire. And in some places, like where we are in Tennessee, you have to sort of ask yourself, if I'm on a mountain, top of a mountain somewhere, why the heck do I have any lawn whatsoever? It is an unnatural thing and is absolutely useless for the home. So if you have, by the way, if you have water limited, eliminate the lawn and anything like that, or keep at least the grass cut way, way down so that you can avoid that providing fuel for the fire. Let's talk about a defensible space. Now, a defensible space, that's an area around a structure where wood and vegetation are treated, cleared, reduced to slow the spread of flames towards the structure, but also where you have put perhaps some blocks, like in other words, let's say a perimeter uh, wall might be a good block to a fire passing through, uh, or even a, a significant concrete walkway. Let's say sometimes that might be helpful. Although it didn't, it certainly didn't help in the Gatlinburg fire. Gatlinburg fire, I have to say that, and that's something that might be very helpful. The more space that you can have that is relatively clear, the more space that you'll have for people trying to fight the fire. So you're even helping fire crews and fire trucks get into where your property is and possibly save your home. Now, the amount of defensible space depends on whether you're on flat land or a steep slope, like I mentioned before. Flatland fires spread more slowly than fires on a slope. And why is that? Because hot air and flames, well, they rise. So a fire on a steep slope, especially with the wind blowing the way it was in Gatlinburg, it blows uphill. Boy, that spreads fast, and it produces these spot fires, little bits of debris that are a flame that go in front, essentially, of the main of the main fire of the main ignition, and ignite vegetation 
ahead of the main burn, and all that burning debris in the air obviously is very dangerous. And really, there were, according to the uh, firefighters, they say that they had small fires, and then within minutes, there were a dozen homes that were ablaze. That's how fast all of this occurred. Well, the winds were 60, 70 miles an hour, that, or more than that, perhaps, in some areas. So if you have those, I would say also a defensible space involves keeping those wood piles. If, if you have a chimney or other, uh, other place that you would burn wood, keep those at least 20 to 30 feet. 30 feet would be better away from structures. If you've got gardening tools or other wooden tools, put them in the sh in sheds. Those sheds should be also away from the structure, not attached to the structure. And these are some things that you should do. If you have vents in your attic, like a lot of people do, then you should have mesh covering the vent so that little bits of debris cannot go into the structure itself. That's very, very important. And all of these things that I mentioned, are, those are not, these are not secrets. You can find them at, at great websites like Firewise, F-I-R-E-W-I-S-E dot -E org. Super, super place has lots, lots of advice to uh, prevent fire to your home. Now, of course, once you've created this defensible space, what do you want to do? You want to defend it, right? But unfortunately, just as in our Gatlinburg property, very few neighbors follow these recommendations that we did. So even though we have a, an area of the house that we actually had trimmed down right. yes, you know, we did. significantly just a Thank few weeks ago, we right? Um, you have to remember not everybody does that. And sure enough, the, the properties next to us on either side didn't. So you have to remember, you are probably going to be in the middle of a fire. And if you're in the middle of a lot of heat and smoke, you are going to be in trouble in all likelihood. There are very few people that are that athletic that can deal with with that, without a mask and, and true coming, fire, fire equipment. Especially coming down off a mountain. All right. Absolutely. We're talking about winding roads. You can't see anything. Even some of the videos of cars that were driving on roads. Oh, scary. Couldn't even tell where they were. Absolutely scary. I mean, you and I have driven on Wiley Road. Wiley Oakley. Wiley Oakley Road, which is completely destroyed. They won't even open that road up to anybody. That's we've, just a few hundred yards from our house. We've driven several times on that road because we like to look around and see what's been built and see what the views are and, you know, just... Just a pretty, a beautiful yeah, trees beautiful, and stuff. You beautiful, know. It's a beautiful uh, drive. road, but there's, it's very windy and there's a lot of turnoffs. And if you don't know that Wiley Oakley goes to the left, sometimes there's a right, and that's just a turn off. But you can't tell whether it's part of the main road or if you're supposed to go off to the right. Right. If you don't know it, the you area, you have to look at the streets that you can't see it in heavy smoke. I don't know how these cars even got off the mountain when it was suddenly like, okay, abandoned ship, but there's so much smoke you can't see anything. Well, that's why people Visitors, died. Visitors. That's why people didn't died. didn't know where they were going. Sure. A lot of people died as probably as a result and of no that. And no one has a map, by exactly. the way. Exactly. We're all on these computers and cell phone towers were going down and power was being shut off. And it's just horrifying. Even, even in, horrifying. in the middle of downtown in the parkway area where you know how banks and some other uh, stores may have these digital signs that tell you the temperature well there's we saw an image of a, a sign of in one. the middle of Gatlinburg's Parkway main drag yep. that you know the temperature said 118 degrees and that's not in an area that was actively on fire 
And so you can imagine that a lot of people were overcome trying to get out of that area. Matter of fact, it was so hot that some cars had their aluminum uh, hubs uh, melted. Wheel, right, tire hub. I, uh, hubcaps. Hubcaps, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I know I know it. Well, you wanted hubcaps to say aluminum. Melted. The purpose of saying aluminum is the fact that it, it doesn't melt until 1,200 degrees. Right, exactly. So, so it reached an unbelievable temperature in some of those areas. Unsurvivable. Unsurvivable, exactly. And so the safest recommendation, therefore, would be to get out of Dodge before you get the fire gets too close if there's any safe way at all to leave. Well, I mean, I know it's a personal decision, but your family's lives may depend on well, it. Well, you know, unfortunately, the... Um, chief of the the fire chief came on a news conference at five o'clock that day and said we don't have any fires nearby that they were two miles away which now to me someone says there's a fire two miles away i was smelling smoke before we left i was smelling smoke around i'd say november 1st i started smelling it from these um wildfires on the other side right we left just a little before Thanksgiving. so there was there was already smoke there and smelled the fire but he he made an announcement at five o'clock and within he says 45 minutes to an hour the winds picked up and the fires jumped to the immediate area right well at 60 miles an hour in terms of wind speed you can imagine that indeed the embers were just carried like they were just whipping through and so suddenly this frenzy came and I don't think the abandoned ship notification came till around nine o'clock. Right. And this that's pretty late at night. Not always people don't always have their news on. They don't are not always watching. So some of these people were abandoning ship not because somebody told them to, but because they're hey, I see fire. seeing right. fire and yeah. flames outside the windows of their homes. Because it just went boom, boom, boom. Then the power started popping. And when the power lines started popping and falling, they were setting off fire after fire after fire. It's just like the series of matches. There's just one match and then the next match and the next match. You weren't necessarily getting the fire that had been swept into Gatlinburg from elsewhere. It was being created by these power lines falling down and popping. Just incredible. And trees falling on the power lines to make them go off. So the wind and the fire and the dry leaves was just a whole big bag of, of mess. So bottom line, get the heck out of if Dodge. If you smell a lot and, of smoke, just get out. And this is where a bug out bag comes in pretty handy. If you have a bag that's already packed with some food, water, extra clothes, batteries, flashlights, medical kits. You know what? That gives you such... A an advantage in terms of having some stuff with you instead of just your body and soul. You know, just your body and soul. You need to have those things. Of course, never forget your cell phone. You've got important papers. Make them easy to grab so you can take them with you. And for goodness sake, take some cash wherever you are going to be. It's possible the electricity's down and they can't process credit cards. If that's the case, well, you know, some cash would be useful. Now, as an added precaution, if you when you go, try to shut off an air, the air conditioning system that draws air from the house into the house from outside. Turn off the appliances, close the windows, lock your doors. Like any other emergency, you should have some form of communication established with your loved ones in case you're not together. 
uh, medical kits should contain masks, uh, eye and hand protection, burn ointment, uh, aloe vera is a natural alternative, nonstick dressings, very helpful. Specialized burn dressings are available that incorporate all of this stuff, aloe vera or other uh, petro- petrolatum jelly and nonstick dressings. You mush them together and you have a pretty good burn dressing. Uh, gauze rolls, medical tape, these are also very helpful. Round out your kit with some scissors, some cold packs, some eye wash, because smoke is a major irritant to the eyes, you know, so you need to have that. Now, let's say your routes of escape are blocked. Well, you know what? Make sure you're dressed in long pants, sleeves, heavy boots if you can. A wool blanket's very helpful as an additional outer layer because wool's relatively fire resistant. Now, some people think it's a good idea to wet the blanket first. Do not wet the blanket. Do not wet the blanket. Wet materials transfer, transfer heat much faster than dry materials, and you end up winding, ha- winding up with much more severe burns. Now, if you're inside the building and you can't get out, stay on the side farthest from the fire with the least number of windows because windows transfer heat to the inside. You want to stay there until you have to leave until, due to smoke or the building catching fire. If that's the case, you got to go, and no matter what, you have to get out of there. Wrap yourself in the blanket and just have just your eyes uncovered. If you're having trouble breathing because of the smoke, Stay low, crawl out of the building, less smoke and less heat, the lower you go. And that means keep your face to the floor so that your airway is protected from the heat and from the smoke. Very important. You can recover, remember, from burns on your skin, but not from major burns in your airways. Right. So That's what happened to those three um, boys. I call them boys. They were young men who lost their parents. It was a set of twins and a third brother. Oh, yes, I remember. They escaped in a car, and their parents were in another car. They got separated, of course, because of the thick smoke. But um, they were rescued by firefighters, and they were at least two of them were on respirators for several days. Oh yeah, because of the smoke. Yeah, there are people in burn units. So, it's just because there's yeah. 13 people died, that doesn't mean that, that there were at least 60, 70, 80. Well, no, there were 80. It was the injured. count of 80 yesterday. There you go. So, in the afternoon. Yeah, so it must be more. <clears throat> so anyhow, our home survival, you know, thank you. Thank you, Lord, we, our home survived. Uh, and it could have been due to all the principles that we fo- we followed pretty religiously uh, that, we, uh, that I just talked about. But you know what? It could have just been the wind direction or maybe some timely rain. You know, I'd like to believe it's the former, but you know what? I'll take. The, the latter. I, I think it was just the wind direction. I, I have to say, if there's a reason, well, three things. One is that no trees fell on any of the power lines and ignited fires. There might be down power lines, but there were no fires ignited at the bottom of our hill slash right. mountain. Right, because then they would have gone uphill very quickly. Right. Um, and the wind direction was obviously pointing away from us. Right. And so those ridges that were on fire right next to us, that wind was carrying it in the, the opposite direction. Right. And the bo- but That's though, what was happening. Though one thing that, <clears throat> that did happen is the bottom of the mountain was indeed on fire just about a mile well, that's where the rental office west was. West of the, us, right? At or the base. East of us, west of, west of us. Yeah, at the base of uh, Ski Mountain Road, right at the beginning of it. That's where the mm-hmm. chalet company burnt down. But I think the firefighters stopped it right behind there. A whole bunch of stuff, hotels, right. old hotels. Remember those old hotels? Yes. 
very, very old hotels, probably like original ho- hotels from Gatlinburg. Yeah. Those burnt down. The chalet rental company burnt down. A couple buildings behind it. Oh, there was a chapel. Yes, a, there. Wedding, a wedding chapel. There was a wedding chapel, a really cute little wedding chapel. Um, That's gone. Just a, just a couple hundred feet behind the chalet rental company. And then I think somehow a fire truck got there and stopped that one. But that fire right there, had it been allowed to continue, that one might have come up to us. Because that was right at the bottom. So we just, it was just. A heck of a thing. It was just, things just fell into a place that that destroyed most of the houses in this whole section. And things fell into place. And then other homes, for unknown reasons, were spared. And again, I it was wind, wind direction. And, you know, it's like tornadoes. Mm-hmm. They'll come and they'll land on somebody's house. Right. Completely Happened destroy it. Your house wasn't destroyed. My house was, well, not completely destroyed, but I lost trees. I lost roof tiles, a carport. And guess what? My next-door neighbor lost nothing on either side. Okay, well, all right. Well, let's talk about, like, But still, you know what? We're very lucky. I was in the house, and I survived. That's That's very lucky. But let's just talk about Kansas-style tornadoes, those ones that, you know, are... Half half a mile wide. Dorothy was involved in? Yeah, exactly. That just... They'll destroy an entire area, and then they'll pick up and skip a bunch of houses and then come back down. And this is a, why did it come up at that time? It's just wind and speed and and just nature. It's just weird. And And the reason I'm saying this is because if you did lose something, if you did have somebody pass away in any natural disaster— I don't want you to feel like you were punished by God. That's not true. And I know there's a lot of crazy people on Facebook and Twitter saying terrible things about the people who got hurt because it was Tennessee and they voted for Trump. And they're saying all kinds of terrible things about their economic status and names that people call people in the South. And and it's just horrible and it makes me sick. And just because you lose something doesn't mean you ever did anything bad, that you ever said anything bad, that you have anything bad in your heart or your mind, and it has nothing to do with you as a person. Bad things happen to really, really good people, and it doesn't mean you're being punished. And I just don't want people to feel bad, you know, because something happened. And, you know, it's just an act of luck. You're not being punished. All right. Well, that's been in a pretty intense... Part of the show. It's one of my, you know, it's one of my feelings. <laughs> well, good. For, well, those are, I think, awesome feelings. You know what? We need a tiny bit of an interlude. So <laughs> we're going to be back in just a minute. You're listening to the Survival Medicine Hour with Joe and Amy Alton, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. We will return. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become in these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse? You need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. 
For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. You'll be glad you did. And we're back. You're listening to Survival Medicine Hour with Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Well, that ad was actually pretty intense, too. Holy mackerel. Well, let's do something more relaxing. You trying to lighten this up? Just a tiny bit. (laughs) Folks. I get intense. I'm sorry. I have intense feelings. And these people on Facebook piss me off. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) It's the holiday season. That's right. And all this stuff happening. That's right. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. (gasps) I hope you've done your Christmas shopping. I will say that we have had people ask us, or radio stations ask us to go on interviews regarding stress from holiday shopping. And so let's do a little. We'll lighten up a little bit. With that, interestingly enough, an experiment, not an experiment by Harvard or Yale, but an experiment by eBay, apparently, has indicated, I know, how do they do that? (laughs) You got me. I have the slightest idea. Did they use their cameras through the computer (laughs) to spy on people? (laughs) I I haven't the slightest idea. Isn't that amazing? Follow them around at shopping malls? Well, in any case, they say that 88% of people who are going holiday shopping Mm -hmm. wind up having a episode an episode or more of tachycardia which is a condition in which your heart rate goes faster than it should a normal heart rate is about 60 to 100 well not 100 no 60 to let's say 90 beats a minute uh, 100 or more would be considered excessively fast and that's called tachycardia and they say in this eBay study that 88% of people actually wind up having a heart rate similar to what a marathon runner experiences while they are running a marathon. So that is pretty amazing, uh, an amazing statement. But you know what? I can certainly believe that there is a lot of stress associated with holiday shopping, and it can have some physical effects. I mean, if you do have tachycardia, well, you can get be lightheaded. You can uh, be you can have all sorts of things oh, happen. Feel, you can faint. You feel can feel anxiety. Palpitations. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You feel intense anxiety. And what happens in this situation is that there's a stress hormone that's called cortisol, and and when that's high, it doesn't allow the hormones in your brain that tell the body to slow down, like serotonin, to be at high enough levels to help you. And so that's the thing. And so you wind up feeling all of these symptoms and. Apparently, symptoms can start even before you get into the shopping center, into the mall, you're in the parking lot, probably having trouble finding parking spaces. That starts the whole thing going. And by the time you're about 30 minutes, 32 minutes, according to the study, into the shopping experience, you're already experiencing fatigue. And people say, wow, 32 minutes, a healthy person experiencing fatigue. Well, if your heart rate is going at the level that a marathon runner would go, well, for 30 minutes in a row of that, well, sure, you would Absolutely. feel fatigue. Well, I mean, let's talk about the shopping experience. First of all, you're probably walking. You're walking either in a store or you're trying to find a store that you want to go into. And not not only are you physically moving, but your brain is racing because you've got to make a decision. And this decision is so stressful because you want to make that other person happy. You don't buy a gift for an enemy or someone you hate. You buy gifts for people you love or respect or maybe they've been kind to you. So you want to do the very best for them, and that's very stressful. Do they want 
this color? Do they want that color? Are they this size? Would they rather have this or that? So your brain is using up a lot of glucose right. while you're moving around. And so it's making you crazy, and that raises your, your probably your blood trying, pressure as you well as your heart right rate. You want to do the right thing. You want them to have glee and joy and happiness when they open that gift up. Now, there are some ways to relieve this anxiety, and so let's talk about what some of those are. Of course, a healthy diet's always good. Now, a lot of people that will want to go shopping, they want to go early, they want to go when the store's open, try to avoid some of the huge crowds. Good idea. Well, so they skip breakfast. That's true. What a bad idea. Skipping breakfast is a very, very bad idea. Breakfast is, as they say, the most important meal of, of the, the day. day. That's right. So the point, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is if you have to get there when the place opens, then bring an energy bar, do something. Or grab a yogurt with granola and a little raw honey. That's great. That Drizzled the, over it before you leave. An awesome idea. And you know what? Maybe skip the coffee because caffeinated beverages are certainly going to raise your heart rate. you up yeah, a little more. Going to raise your heart rate. Even more. Make exactly. it even worse. Right. Now, anxiety, of course, can be relieved by doing things like breathing exercises, slow, deep breaths, classic way to deal with anxiety. Uh, relaxation techniques like yoga are helpful, too, of course. If, you know, they have if those... I see you doing yoga in, at Macy's, <laughs> the mall, well, you know. <laughs> you know what they do have now that neither of us have ever tried? They have those mall massages. Oh, yeah. The, they have those chairs, those chairs in some right, of those right. malls, so they'll give you a little back massage. Well, they also what? have the chairs that are automatic you put. I don't know, a couple dollars in it. Uh-huh. And you can sit there for 15 minutes. You know, you and I should try that one. That's right. Well, but you we know what? We usually go there for exercise. That's right. So we're walking and we want speaking, to get our heart rate up. And speaking of which, even though your heart rate is elevated when you do exercise, you know what? It might clear your mind to maybe walk the mall before you start going in any stores. And in other words, sort of get a nice walk in and, it you know, pass these stores, take a look, you know, look in the windows, but... Keep walking, do a little exercise is always good for anxiety, and it might help you focus on where you really want to go, what stores you really want to go into. Well, that makes sense. It's sort of like getting the lay of the land or assessing the plan so that when you do execute the actual shopping, you can say, okay, I'm going to be going in there, and then I'm going to go here and here and here, and then I'm leaving I'm getting in my car and getting out of Dodge. That's a lot of a lot of it. You know, the f- lack of focus, it, just having no idea of where you want to go, you wind up going to the first store you see, then you go into the second store you see, then you go into the third store you see. Some of these malls it's are exhausting, too, man. Think about it. some of these malls are Absolutely. two levels. Mm-hmm. The the one over in Pembroke Pines is two levels. Uh, and there's hundreds of stores, or no, Aventura, Aventura and Galleria. Both have two levels, so you can. These walk, are all malls you, in South Florida for our people who are listening I think in, we've said we're in in South Antarctica. Florida. Okay, right, we're in South Florida. <laughs> so you walk this whole bottom of the mall, and then you look up, uh-huh. and you're like, "Oh no, there's a whole nother level." And if you're not sure what you want, you might have walked this whole bottom level, walked the whole top level. And then you say, oh, I want to go back to this other store. Now, where was that? And you know know what's going to make that even? Just do online shopping. (laughs) And what makes that worse is if you don't get enough sleep. You have to have enough sleep. When you're stressed, your body needs additional sleep and rest. Good idea, honey. So if you have a a busy shopping day tomorrow, make sure you get a good night's sleep. Early to bed. Now, 
you actually Me? hit the nail on the head I just did. a second ago by saying maybe you should do your shopping online. Why do you want to agonize in these huge crowds? Matter of fact, in, with, in these days of active shooters and terror events, who the heck wants to go anywhere where there's a crowd to begin with? So why not sit in your chair at home exactly with your laptop in front of you and go online shopping what an awesome idea you at actually convenience you actually hit the nail you on could the head you do it in your jammies with a glass of hot cocoa with little baby marshmallows floating on top oh yeah doesn't that sound nice that sounds awesome we have... oh and you could put a peppermint stick in it oh that would be <laughs> that or or um do they put cinnamon sticks in that i don't know no they do that in hot toddies right yeah okay or hot tea hot, hot tea. Uh, cider cider hot, right so, hot that's cider it. apple that's cider it. has um cinnamon sticks in it that's right Ooh, the smell i can smell it right now just in my mind so all of this basically comes down to what I think is the most appropriate thing to do. And, and number one, the most appropriate thing to do is, first off, tell the people, talk to the people who you know you're going to be giving a gift to and who know they're going to be getting a gift from you. Yes. And just Those people are not surprised that you're giving yes. them a gift. Tell them, what do you want for Christmas? Well, you don't have to say it like that. No, you can say, what hi, you, what, what would, would you, you like? If you Christmas? had a couple of choices, what might be on them? <laughs> what might be on your You're list? You're like, what do you want? <laughs> I guess that's a manly way to ask people what they want for but Christmas. But that's the truth is why, since you could probably relieve the uncertainty and actually give yourself a much higher chance that people actually like what you get them, why not just ask them for goodness sake? That it's I think a good is point. that well, idea. Well, then is you end up giving people what they want instead of something they might need to return because it's completely not their style. Like a lot of people give holiday themed gifts, and so you get holiday socks or holiday sweaters or uh-huh. holiday hats, and and you can only wear that like. <laughs> Two weeks out of the year. And the amazing thing is that they actually call us from radio stations to ask us as survival experts Uh to comment on this holiday stress It's shopping survival, of course. Well, listen, I've got the bottom line for you, bottom line from a guy that writes about survival, is that when it comes to Christmas gifts, it is the thought that counts. That's right. Don't forget that. You know what? Many members of your family are perfectly happy to get a gift card to their favorite store, and a nice note or or maybe just a nice note on a Christmas card telling them how much you love them. That's right. Okay? Works for us. I see. That's it. That's the spirit of Christmas. It is not about the stuff. It's about the family and the love. That's and right. And telling people how much you appreciate their existence and everything that they do for you. So there... Good. Merry Christmas. I love you. I love you too. And we are and you don't have not to yet give, at Christmas. We still have a couple have, of shows for Christmas. You don't have Christmas. to give me anything. Oh, I love you. What no, you. Not at all. Just be healthy. That's what I want. I all want right. you to be healthy. Ditto. That's it. That's all the time we have for this week. Tune in next week to the Survival Medicine Hour with the beautiful nurse Amy and some old guy. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.